super short and super powerful. I mean, he packed a lot in there. Uh, Tay, I'm going to go ahead and start with you this morning. And, and I know that of the three of us that were, were, were coming together on here, this one truly from your perspective impacts you the most you know we've, we've had conversations on screen and behind screen uh the difference uh of you going around as a black man versus chad and myself and and just the things that you've had to go through since all of this has happened and, and you know you're helping us you know open our eyes to the things that you have to deal with on a daily basis but what did you take away from this that you could share with us and help us better understand yeah i've said it before and i just uh just respect uh pastor craig so much because i like he's a leader among among leaders uh, i think it, it could have been easy for him to bring in a a black pastor or just have somebody else uh to address the situation but for him uh to have that joshua moment where he stands up and say as for me and my house uh we will serve the lord and like for him to just stand up uh, and cause he has like his voice for his church, like, like he's the lead pastor there and for him just to have that, that stance that, you know, black lives do matter, uh, and racism is just not welcome here and we're going to stand up against it. So I just respect him so much for getting up using his platform. Like you said, like he had another sermon that he already prepared, but he saw the need that need to be addressed and he stepped up and faced that need. So I just respect uh, that so much. And I think it's still easy for me. I, uh, when this happened, it kind of woke me up to like, uh, as much as I know and I see everything that's going on, I still wasn't playing my part. Uh, I still wasn't being uh, as vocal, as loud about it because I had, I felt like uh, I escaped that because I've kind of gotten myself out of the situation and forgetting like people are still facing the things that you saw when you was growing up. People are still in those situations. So you can pretend like you've gotten away from it, but the reality of it is you haven't. And I think just like that video just kind of brought us all down to earth that this isn't like just a racial thing. This is just a humanity thing. Like, and I think that's why you see so many people reacting because we like, when you see something that isn't right, then you want to fix that problem. And I think that's why so many people are addressing it. So uh, I, just three things that I got down. The first uh, I thought about, I was watching, I just been watching different, cause I just want to not just uh, news, but I just want to hear different people speaking out who haven't spoke out before, who just being more vocal about it and really taking a stance. And I was listening to NBA host Rachel Nichols, and she said changes uh, people doing things that they weren't doing before. Uh, and what I love about that, you have people stepping outside of their comfort zone, people stepping outside of, and just really, uh, you know, a lot of people saying, I wasn't aware of these things going on, but now I'm aware of it, and I'm actually being loud. I'm actually doing, taking steps uh, to right some of these wrongs. So I love that, and I love the fact that he said, like, you can't address the, you can't, find a solution if you don't want to address the problem. Like the problem has been, been exposed. The Band-Aid has been taken off. We see the wound for what it is. Now we get to treat that wound. We can't just put a Band-Aid on and expect it. He'll look like we have to deal with it. And I think that's what a lot of people are seeing. Uh, so for me, I understand like right now in this moment, we're all emotional about it and we see every the right is being wrong. But for me, I understand like change doesn't happen overnight. It happens over time. So you have to continue to speak up and be loud about these issues. You have to continue to address these issues. And it's not just on social media. It's not just in public. It's not just when you're out at events. It's like he said, if you have 
having conversations or you having things at your house and somebody makes a type of comment, whether it's a racial comment, whether it's something uh, towards your spouse or a wife or a friend, like you have to step up for that person in that moment. They're not there to defend themselves. So you have to be there and be willing to step up outside of your comfort zone and address those things. Because many times as we, uh, I think a lot of people don't understand the power of letting things go by. I think as you let things go by, you empower that person to be bold enough to not just speak these things subtly around you, but then they start taking these little actions. They start taking those next steps. How far can I get with this person next time? How far can I get with this person next time? So you have to stand up and you have to stand in that gap and you have to really cut those things off uh, where they are. Uh, and the second thing uh, I got, he said, uh, just take small steps. Uh, he says, he says, say more, uh, say it louder and, and take more action. And I think a lot of people in this time, like this, like people want to, like people are like literally asking, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? And I just tell Kerry, you have to start where you are. Uh, like for instance, our church, uh, they didn't have to do anything. Like they just willing to have conversation with people just to hear people out. Like you said, to like literally look in our eyes, see, hear our stories and feel what we feel. I think you just have to start having conversations uh, with people on your team. Like me and Kerry, we decided like, we're not just, it, this isn't just business for us. This is life. Like when I say like we're changing people's life, not just financially, like like we're literally changing people, we're literally opening people up to a new world. We're trying to help people build a better family for their kids. We're trying to help people build a better marriage uh, so that this can be bigger uh, than the business. So that's why I love it works so much because it doesn't just focus on one particular people group. Like it welcomes everybody and we build this together. It's like to say one team, one mission, we're all in this together and they give everybody a platform to do that. So uh, for me, it's just understanding like we just have to continue to bring people together, continue to have those hard conversations and continue the same way that when we're, we're recruiting people, uh, we, we're like listening, like what is your why? I think you have to dig deeper than that and have conversations like that more often, not just before you sign that person and get them into the business you no longer have. Uh, those uh, conversations. And then just the, uh, the last thing that I had here, um, let me get my iPad. Um, I just had one more thing, my iPad closed them. I guess I was talking too much. Uh, then the last thing I had was, uh, he said, care enough to ask the questions, listen to the hard answers, and then feel the pain of others. And I think if you can do that, man, all, all, people, all we just want to, most black people, they just want to feel heard. Uh, it's one thing to address conversations and address conversations and then next week something happened and you have to say, well, I was just talking to you about that. Weren't you listening? I have that conversation with my wife all the time. And it's not that she's not listening. Uh, it just she's so kind of preoccupied with other things. And for me, it's like, we just want to feel like we have a voice. And I think if we can just give people that voice, uh, I think the same thing that it works do. I think that's why uh, I love when they say like change people life because you know, we see uh, what they're doing with the business. But when you bring somebody in and you get them on that stage, and you hear uh, just the story of, uh, man, just the girl at, at conference that, you know, her, the mom got up and she was talking about her daughter that passed, but she talked about the impact that Ashley made on her. Like, Ashley listened to her, actually met all the needs, and her mom started to see the change. And, like, for me, like, I want people to speak on my behalf. Like, outside of the business, what are you doing for this person? What are the changes that you're hoping to see happen in these people's lives? So I think, for me, I want to have that type of impact that when something tragic happens, you have somebody who steps up, and they're not just mourning the loss of their daughter, but they're speaking so well about this person who helped be there and listen and change everything for the daughter in a way that, you know, that kids don't have to see their mother in a, in a different light. They get to see the, 
that there are good people in this world, that there are people who are willing to listen and who are willing to help make change. So for me, I think we just have to uh, stand in the gap for those people. We have to listen to people. And uh, I think we as a company, we've been doing that because we have conversations that are not all just about business. Like we have conversations where you come to events, you're going to see every type of person there. And you have so many uh, willing leaders like Chad and Joe who are willing to just continue to get on and just do things that they don't have to do. We don't have to do these Zooms, but these guys just continue to show up, not just for me, but for you guys, just continue to help you guys grow. And at the same time, invest in you so that we can see you grow and do that same thing and just continue to pass it down. So uh, I, I love this. And I just, like I said, I just respect, respect the fact that Pastor Craig just got up, spoke from his heart. He didn't try to th say anything. He, wrote, he just kind of addressed the issue for what it was. And he just let you know, like, this is the small thing that you got to do. So for us, you just have to play your part where you are in your community, in your church, wherever you are. You don't have to do anything big. You just have to do your part. And uh, just the last quote I got, Killer Mike, he said, if we all do one little thing, then nobody has to do a great thing. So if we all play our part, then we will continue to see this change happen. So uh, I hope this great will help you guys not just act, get outside your comfort zone. It's not going to be comfortable because uh, the growth isn't comfortable. So you have to allow yourself, uh, give yourself that grace in this season, just hear people out and just listen to people and just show up uh, in areas that you can show up and not try to focus on what other people are doing. Just do your part. So good, Tay. Um, I, I love that you dropped the, the killer mic on there. Uh, every time that I, I hear him brought up, I mean, he has such an amazing gift uh, of how to discern and, and really get to the core of things. But I think that he really needs to change his name to like helper Mike, because killer Mike is just, it's kind of starting off on the wrong foot. So yeah, maybe he needs, it's he needs some money. It's funny because need, some, need know, some rebranding. Right. He get on interviews and he want to change the narrative. He said, well, my mom gave me this name, so call me this because she's going to get mad if you call me Killer Mike. So I think he do need to rebrand. <laughs> He's getting there. So good. Uh, Chad, what do you got? Hey, hey. So I got a lot. You want to do, do the four-hour version? No, I'm just kidding. Not do the four-hour version. Um, I've been spending a lot of time just educating myself. Because we live in a world where everyone's got an opinion, right? Everyone feels as strongly about something. And, and a lot of people, at least in my world, I don't know about your world, but to them, their opinion equals fact. And so I have to wade through all these opinions that don't line up. And so I go to uh, educate myself. You know, I go to history and I go to people that I love and that I trust and asking them questions and having the conversation. So I loved as we were going through this, I really love when Craig Groeschel said, racism is wrong. It's evil. I care and I want to help. That's my position right there. Um, so a lot of people would, you know, that look like me might say, well, there's not really racism in America anymore because comparatively to what they've probably read a hundred years ago, it is different. It's much different. But what I've learned more and more is that my day-to-day -day experience doesn't line up with the black community's day-to-day -day experience as a whole. And, and so I just had to be open, first of all, to, to listen and understand that my perspective and my view that I used to have even a couple weeks ago uh, was wrong. It was, it, was, it was my perspective. It was the way I see life, the grid. But I think, first of all, we have to humble ourselves to be open just to ask the question, you know, what is really going on right here? What's the truth, right? 
And that's something we each have to discover and learn for ourselves. So when, when we say we care and we want to help, doing our part, you know, and I think about like, what is our part? Well, we just ask people, you know, we ask people, hey, how can we help? You know, maybe the, your local church asks, how can you help? Ask your friends that, that you're having these conversations with, hey, how can I help? What can I do? And I think that's a, a great place to start. Another point that he made, this isn't the black community versus police officers, right? And so he said, it's okay. You know, he gave us permission. Hopefully he didn't need permission, but it's okay to be for honest police officers. I know a lot of great police officers and against injustice. I mean, when I watched that, I, I was in the military for 11 years. So when I watched the George Floyd, I'm like, that just goes against everything you're taught. I mean, you're, you're taught, you know, that you should rules of engagement. First of all, you have specific rules of engagement. And then you're taught to use the minimum amount of force necessary to take away the threat. Well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that a couple minutes, at least into the video, the threat has been removed. Once a man is handcuffed and, and he's got his hands behind his back, you know, basically the threat's removed. There's not a whole lot you can do. Now, I know George is a big man, right? He was a big guy, but the threat was removed. As a matter of fact, when he was kneeling and the crowd was growing, the, the crowd became more of a threat. So someone who wasn't just being hateful and unjust and evil would have put, the, put George into the, back into the car where he's locked in there and he can't do anything to prepare himself for what might happen within the, the crowd, you know, riling up. So just things like that. Um, the next thing that I wrote down here was, you know, when he talked about us being part of the, the solution, I think this is important. And it brings me to this quote. And the quote is, when a brave man takes a stand, the spines of other men stiffen. So what I've learned in part of, I think, the solution that we can be is if we're in an environment where our, our cousin or friend or whoever is talking negative, you know, it could be gossip. It could be being racist. It could be doing anything. We need to have the courage just to say, hey, I don't know why you're comfortable talking around me like that, but I don't have these conversations. It's wrong. I'm not going to do it. Now, I was at a, at a wedding one time, and, you know, all these people, of course, when you're invited to a wedding, that's kind of special, right, that you're invited to a wedding. Well, I was in a group where one of the guys was making fun of the groom, and I was thinking to myself, why in the heck would you come to a wedding where you're going to make fun of the groom? But I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. And later I was convicted and I felt bad about it. I had this conversation with some people. So I think it's important that if we're around a group, that's how we can be part of the solution. We're around a group and we say that isn't the right way to view this, right? And, and that's just called courage. It's having courage. And, and if you guys have been in It Works for a hot minute, you've learned that one of the things we do is we constantly uh, have courage. We constantly have the, the, the hard conversations. We constantly put ourselves out of our comfort zone and stretch ourselves to have conversations that need to be, that need to be had on a regular basis with people. You know, it's like if somebody joins your business and they tell you, I want to do dot, 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 dot. And then two weeks in, they're like kind of fading away. Well, somebody has to have the courage to call them and say, Hey, I thought you told me that you wanted to do dot, 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 and, and help them. Right. That's, that's called help. And some people are going to get offended. I mean, we live in a world where everybody gets offended. So if you say anything at all, some people will be like, thank you, thank you, shout from the rooftops. And other people will be like, just stop talking. Now you're becoming part of the problem. But you and I 
just have to do the best that we can. We probably won't get everything exactly right all the time, but if we're trying something, a good person is going to appreciate that, right? And I love how Craig said, and I think this is so important, everything we do and say has to be out of the context of love. You know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So if we're coming across in a loving way and trying to be a part of the solution and we're not attacking this side or that side and we're just trying to help in, in the best way that we know how and we're asking, how can we help? I mean, that's some of the things we can do. Joel, you would agree with our wives. Like sometimes they're up, down, sideways. The best thing we can do sometimes is just say, hey, how can I help right now? I'm, I'm willing. I'm able. I want to be part of the solution. How can I help? And then, and then just do that. So Craig said, love casts out all fear, love forgives, love heals. And, you know, so having said that, um, I think just to kind of recap what Tay had said, he said, just stand in the gap, stand in the gap and have those hard conversations with people that you love and educate yourself. I mean, I, there's a, a show and I don't agree with all of it. I think some of it's politically motivated but a great show on Netflix called 13th. It's about the 13th amendment, where if you watch that, you'll at least get a good solid factual education of kind of what's transpired over about the last 150 years. And that's a great place to start to at least settle is racism alive and well currently in America. And I think when you watch that and you have a few conversations, you'll be able to say, wow, maybe you'll be like me and say, I didn't know or understand but now I see it. And I think that's a great place to start. So that's all I got for today, man. Awesome. Thanks, Chad. So, oh, you're muted. Am I muted? Oh, now you're good. I was, I was like, my mouth is moving, but I'm not saying anything. Uh, <clears throat> so the first kind of thing that he, he pointed out, which was amazing, and, and is exactly what the three of us are trying to accomplish. It says, use your power and your influence and your platform to help. So in our limited ability, the three of us are trying to use what God has given us, which is this platform, this podcast, you know, the influence with you guys through helping you with your leadership skills. We want to be able to use that to help. And the next thing they said is calling out the injustices around them. <clears throat> the the thing that I guess for me hurts my heart the most about what happened in that whole George Floyd incident is that not a single one of the people standing around watching stepped forward. It, it, like Chad said, you know, all they had to do was pick him up and put him in the back of the police car. And then if, if people would have just, I mean, just a group of people would have, have I, I don't know, it, it would have been weird watching them approach the police officers as a group saying, hey, this isn't right, as opposed to watching a video. It's, it's heartbreaking to me uh, that not, not calling out the injustice, just recording the injustice. So I, I think now, as you can see, people are willing to step in for others when that injustice takes place. So we've, we've taken that step forward. 
Um, you know, he had his four points, and I'm going to cover those really quickly before I, I, I jump in. Admit that racism is real. Two, listen. Three, pray. And four is love. One of the things that he said that I want to touch on really quickly, and I started because it really struck um, in my heart, is our generation can be the one that gets it right. And I'm not here to brag, boast, or, or shed this amazing Joel Dunn story, but to give you guys a little bit of my history growing up with racism. Um, my dad's side of the family was from poor, underprivileged, white. So I'm going to follow that up. Underprivileged, white, Virginia town. Now, underprivileged, white town in Virginia means that there was even more systemic racism for the underprivileged black community in Virginia. So I am a product of systemic racism. I have seen it firsthand. I've seen my grandfather speak it. I've seen my dad, when he was alive, speak it. It was something that I saw growing up. Now, because of my mom's side of the family and being raised in the church and knowing that everybody was created equally, that was one of the things that just it burned in my soul every time, you know, we'd go visit that side of the family. And it was those conversations that, you know, they're talking about the jokes happening and, you know, being raised in that and seeing that just tore me apart. So that is why I've always worked so hard for the way that I act and the way that I treat people, because I saw how horrible it was on that side. So that you know how I was raised and what I saw, I saw the complete opposite side of the spectrum of what was being done to Tay and the black community. So I am fully aware and I can admit that racism is real. Now I have chosen to take a stand and to completely change my life because I wanted to be the part of the generation that changed that. And I can say within my household, in my family, we changed that. In my cousin's family and household, they have changed that to the point where my cousin married a black man, which would cause my grandpa and my uncles to roll over in their graves, which they should, because this is the change that we saw and we wanted for our family because of the hate and the spewing of violence that was coming out of our family. So we are the generation that can change this. And you can stand up for it. Two, listen. Listen to someone who is different than you. Ask the questions, but then be quiet and listen. Yes, it is going to be uncomfortable. Yes, you are gonna hear uncomfortable things, but those uncomfortable things are gonna be the things that open your eyes and change the way that you see and the way that you respond and the way that you act. Number three, pray. Guys, super, super important. Hit your knees, stand up, lift your hands, pray. Pray for the leaders, 
pray for the police, pray for the protesters, pray for your neighbor, pray for your family. Guys, prayer does amazing things. Pray for opportunities to share your voice in a way that's impactful and uplifting that could be the difference. And then number four, most importantly, love. When we started last week with this conversation, the thing that the three of us kept saying over and over again is if we would just love. Love covers a multitude of sins. Stand with others, but not just standing with them. Stand by them and stand for them. Speak into someone else's pain with the same love that you feel that you get from God. I love when the question came down to, how do you love? Well, you love the way that Jesus loves you. Plain and simple. Guys, we are going to be the generation that changes. And I am super excited to be a part of that. As horrible as the atrocity that took place to set this in motion, as we know, Satan comes to lie, steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to make things better. He conquered sin and death and won. And so everything that Satan tries to do to divide us, to make us hate each other more and more, God can turn around and use for good. And I see him taking that absolute atrocity and doing exactly that, changing our generation so that we can start to get it right. So that people will look back in history to this point in time and go, that is when they truly decided to speak up, change, and make a difference. So guys, thanks for tuning in with us today. Take this powerful message out and share it with those around you. Be the voice for the voiceless and go out and make a difference, guys. Have an awesome week. We'll see you again soon.